Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Sneaky Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. So I'm super excited to talk to today's guest. She is a 10-year cancer survivor turned naturopathic doctor who focuses on women's health, hormones, periods, fatigue, gut health, and so much more. Um, women's health is my main focus as well, so I'm super stoked uh, for this conversation today. So please welcome Dr. Erin Ellis. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Nicole. I'm excited to be here. So let's kick things off by telling us a little bit about yourself and explaining what in the world a naturopathic doctor is. I know it's a, it's a, a, tongue, a mouthful. Um, <laughs> so yeah, actually being a physician was actually my second career choice. Um, I started off working in the bars and restaurants for many years. Um, graduated from Arizona State University with a degree in business, but didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life um, until I guess really 2010 when I was diagnosed with cancer. I had a rare form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had a tumor by my bladder oh. and it was a super rare form of cancer and really and commonly found in older men. Huh. And so why I had it at, as a young female, I was 31 at the time. I have no idea, but honestly, it was like the pivotal point in my life. And I learned a lot about health and wellness on my own um, throughout this cancer journey. And afterwards I met a naturopathic doctor and I was kind of like you, like, what, what, what is a naturopathic doctor? What, what do you, you're a phys- you're a do- what? Um, and so she told me, and I didn't want her to stop talking because everything that she practiced in medicine was what I was teaching myself through my cancer journey about lifestyle, diet, um, you know, lab work, things, you know, thyroid health, adrenal health, all of these things that I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, and so come to find out there is a school in Tempe, which is about 12, 15 minutes from my house. Um, there's only seven, seven or eight accredited naturopathic schools in the U S and Canada. So that's just seven or eight. Yeah, they're wow. very, there's not that many. Um, and to have one 15 minutes from my house, I knew it was going to be, that was the sign, like I needed to do this. And yeah. Prior to um, business degree, I had, a, I was pre-med. So I always kind of wanted to do something medical. And I went to visit with the advisors and I actually really only needed two um, science classes to get in because all my other prereqs <laughs> from prior were going to transfer. I'm like, okay, this is, this is telling me I, I need to do this. And Sure enough, I started in 2013 and graduated in 2017 and went out on my own in 2020. um, Oh, so just recent. Well, yeah, I was working in a naturopathic urgent care in North Scottsdale for two and a half years and learned a lot about really all disease processes from pediatrics to geriatrics to acute to chronic to emergent. And then during that time, I learned, I really learned what I love to treat. And that was helping women with their hormones um, and fatigue and adrenal health and thyroid and all of that. So I decided to take the leap in 2020 and I did it. I I now practice in Gilbert, which is about 45 minutes South of where I was before. So I cut down on my commute and I'm loving it, doing it on my own and helping women really empower themselves to be their best versions and help them feel 
feel good because life's too short to feel yeah. suboptimal in my opinion. No, I absolutely love that. And I was, that's why I was excited to talk to you today. Cause like I said, my clients, my clients are women, premenopausal, menopausal age women. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to hormones, I was very excited to talk to you because a lot changes in your body when you're going mm-hmm. through menopause and leading up to menopause. And mm-hmm. that affects your, not only your health, but it affects your, your weight gain. Mm-hmm. your weight loss, it affects your ability and the ease <laughs> of losing mm-hmm. weight, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was hoping we can kind of dive a little bit into that and mm-hmm. how, how your hormones affect that and exactly what hormones come into play when you are of the menopause age. Cause like I said, a lot of my clients struggle when they get to their age, when that age losing weight, and that's the mm-hmm. biggest complaint I get. Oh gosh, where do we start? There's actually quite a few hormones. And yeah, yeah. that's why working with a naturopathic physician or a functional med- medicine doctor or someone that thinks a little bit outside the box and looks at the body as a whole is so important because it could be anything from your blood sugar to your ins- like your blood sugar or your insulin, your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, to your thi- thyroid health, to your sex hormones. Yeah. So it could be a combination of a little bit here and a little bit there. <laughs> And what, what I like to tell my patients is like, if something is off, something else in your body is going to start compensating for the level that's off. But when we hit menopause or perimenopause, everything tends to kind of slow down. And, and we're having this gradual slowdown as we age anyways. Like, I mean, I know for me, I used to not have any trouble losing weight or keeping weight off. But then Mm -hmm. as I got into my thirties and forties, it was like, oh, geez, like now I have to really watch what I eat and make sure I'm eating enough and exercise because my metabolism just isn't where it used to be yeah. in my, my twenties. Um, and so I have to remind patients that, and then we have to talk about diet and oftentimes women aren't eating enough. And we've yes. been told Hallelujah. this narrative, <laughs> yeah, we've been told this narrative our entire lives. Like the less we eat, the more we're going to lose. Yes. And that's not true, especially as we age, it might work like right off the bat, of course, but then your body is so smart. It's going to know like, Hey, you're starving me. And then I'm going to start storing everything you give me and turn it into fat. And so that's a huge thing. And then it takes a long time to recover for that, depending on how long you've been eating in a caloric deficit. And oftentimes women gain weight before they lose weight. And it's just this giant struggle. So I'm a huge advocate for nutrition and making sure that we're giving our body the right nutrients and more, more importantly, that enough nutrients to support our metabolic demands, to keep that metabolism going. So that's kind of like what I look at at a nutshell with, with everything going on during that time. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Like as you age, so I just hit 40 and kind of like you in my thirties, now forties, I realize I gain weight. I can watch my husband eat a burger and I gain five pounds <laughs> and it's, and it's harder to lose weight, but your yep. as you age, your metabolism, your BMR naturally slows down, mm-hmm. um, which makes it harder for you to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and a common misconception is people think that the less you weigh and the more active you are, the faster your metabolism is, but it's actually the opposite 
the more mass you have, mm-hmm. the faster your BMR and the higher rate of calories you burn. So that's mm-hmm. one big common misconception. So I'm, I'm very happy you mentioned metabolism and mm-hmm. its effect on just your overall health and specifically weight loss and weight gain, weight management. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So what would you recommend for perimenopause and menopausal women from a nutrition and health and wellness standpoint to kind of control their weight gain and to make weight loss a bit easier for them? Yeah, well, first I would make sure you're eating enough. That's where we have to to start. And then when we get this caloric, you know, range of to, you know, a good average as to what you should be eating a day, I always tell all my women, look at your plate and make sure you have protein, fat, and fiber on your plate. Um, And the fat should be a healthy fat because the fat and the fiber and the protein really are going to help stabilize your blood sugar. They're going to help keep you full longer. It's going to help with protein metabolism. It's going to help with um, like keeping you full. Oh, I said that already. Keep you full. Uh, What was the other thing? Building your, building your muscle mass with the protein. It's going to help your cholesterol because you're getting the good, healthy fats and the fiber is going to help with your hormones. It's going to also help with your cholesterol. So it's kind of, I mean, it's not, it's not super difficult, but most the standard American diet is so carb heavy and with the starchy carbs. And so I'm not saying like, don't eat any carbs, but let's maybe cut two pieces of bread into like only have one piece of bread or one baked potato, like have only half a baked potato or perhaps switch the baked potato to a sweet potato. Like I am not a fan of restrictive diets by any means because that sets, that often sets women up for failure. And then after you finish this diet, then what, then what you're just going to go back to your old ways. Exactly. Teach you like healthy habits and healthy ways to make nutritional swaps or just look at your plate and say, okay, I have protein, fat and fiber on my, my plate. I'm good to go. Then you can have, have these healthy habits moving forward. You don't need to do any diet. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's kind of what I explained to my, to my clients as well is there's no specific, uh, menopause diet. There's no special. It's just eat a well-balanced, healthy diet consisting of just the types of foods you mentioned, Mm -hmm. but there are also things you can do nutritionally and maybe in your lifestyle to mitigate some of those side effects and the menopausal symptoms. So in your experience and the women you deal with, what is some good advice coming from, from a doctor's perspective to help mitigate those menopausal symptoms, either through lifestyle, like exercise or nutrition? What do you commonly recommend? So big, big thing is fiber. Like that's huge because most people are getting only about 10 to 15 grams of fiber in their daily diet. Oh, wow. And we really need almost 25 to 30 grams. Like that's what I recommend for all my patients. And the reason is it's not only going to help your gut, your gut microbiome, where we process a lot of hormones, but it also helps your digestion. Therefore you're going to have better bowel movements and then we can excrete our excess hormones. So a lot, that's another misconception. It's like, if we're not pooping, like we have a problem because we have a lot of hormone or toxins and all these things just hanging out in our body, causing us to be miserable. So that's something I look at too, is, is our gut health and is our gut healthy? Are we pooping regularly at (laughs) least once a day, if not twice a day, ideal, just so we make sure that we're excreting hormone because 
most of our estrogen is excreted through our stool. And if we have a lot of estrogen or too much estrogen, that can be caused or causing a lot of these symptoms that are not, not wanted by women, the hot flashes, the weight gain, the moodiness, the breast tenderness, like things like that, even if, even in women that are still menstruating. So fiber, fiber, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. And then you get all the other healthy nutrients with those, with eating fiber rich foods, you know, the antioxidants and, and all of that. So start with fiber, increase it. I love, I love that. Yeah. I had no idea actually that we were, I know people don't tend to eat a lot of fiber or enough fiber, but I didn't realize it was as low as you said, it's almost half, like you're eating half of yeah. what the recommendation is. And it's hard. I've yeah. tracked food before and I'm like, Oh crap, I'm only getting like 12 grams. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to get enough fiber in your diet, but once you get the hang of it, and you know, it's like, okay, well, this is going to be a good source of fiber and this is going to be a good source of fiber. And you get that at each meal, then you should hit that goal. Yeah. So what's your take on soy? So I know there's a lot out there and some research on soy and soy's ability to combat menopausal symptoms. So what's your take on soy? It depends. That's yeah. my answer for soy. I don't think it's um, a negative thing, but I also don't think it's a positive thing. I think it's okay in moderation. And there is a lot of research out there that it is beneficial. However, if we have other things going on in the body and we have already a lot of inflammation or autoimmune conditions, I wouldn't really recommend soy because it can exacerbate those symptoms. So it depends. And that's why I don't recommend anyone just going out and just having soy for, for fun when they don't know what's going on metabolically with, with their body. Yeah, no, that's a great caveat um, for sure. Cause I know, like you said, there, there is a bit of research out there and um, we're quick myself included to, to recommend soy mm -hmm. just based on the literature that's out there. Mm -hmm. um, but those are good caveats to keep in mind for myself and others out there um, who offer nutritional advice to keep that in mind going forward. Mm -hmm. um, now you did mention gut health mm -hmm. and your microbiome and excreting estrogen. So how important is gut health? Cause that is so overlooked across the spectrum on how, how extremely important your gut is and your gut health is to, we'll keep it to weight loss um, specifically um, mm -hmm. that is commonly overlooked. So in your professional opinion, what role exactly does your gut play in, we'll say weight management? Oh gosh. The gut <laughs> is not only weight management, but like your entire health and hormone system, like everything starts with the gut. 80% of our immune system is found in our gut. So if we have an unhealthy gut and when unhealthy gut happens, we have inflammation and what's called like gut dysbiosis or like an unbalanced gut microbiome. So we don't have enough of the good guys to fight the bad guys. And then inflammation occurs. And so that's an awesome, are, awesome analogy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's um, gut microbiome dysbiosis. Like those are weird, weird words that people don't understand. So we have a lot of bad bacteria and not enough good bacteria to get, to help our, um, to keep that balance. So if we have that, then we have inflammation. Inflammation can lead to weight gain. And if we can't get inflammation under control in the body, like we're not going to be able to lose weight. 
Also, that puts us at an increased risk of diabetes, insulin resistance, cardiovascular disease, even increased risk of possibly having a worsening case of COVID-19 because COVID-19 is very inflammatory. Oh, Not to talk yeah. about that virus, yeah, yeah. but just saying it's a very inflammatory virus. So inflammation plays a huge role in that. And it oftentimes starts in the gut. Also, we make thyroid hormone. We have the conversion of our active form of thyroid. It happens in the gut. So if we aren't able to have a healthy gut, we're not going to be able to make our active hormone in the gut that we need for our thyroid. And the thyroid plays a huge role in our, in our uh, metabolism, weight gain, weight loss, bowel movements, et cetera. So yes, gut plays a huge role. We also have something called um, increased intestinal permeability or what's known as leaky gut. Mm. And if we have any inflammation in the gut, any stress going on in the body, if we've ever taken antibiotics or an EDSED or toxins, autoimmune conditions, you name it, that disrupts our intestinal lining. And then we have reduced nutrient absorption. And this leads to inflammation. And again, that unbalanced gut microbiome, which can all contribute to weight gain or the inability to lose weight because it's where we just have such an inflamed gut. So what do you recommend outside of a balanced diet? Cause that's the mm -hmm. trend and that's the key for much of your overall health. Is there anything specific you would recommend as far as keeping your gut happy? Because there's a lot of and I can't stand there. There's a lot of detox teas, cleanse diets, like all this junk on the market that promises craziness. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. so in your, in your opinion, outside of the diet and those junky things on the market, what do you recommend mm -hmm. to take care of your gut and to really keep it healthy? Yeah. One of my top five supplements I always recommend is a good probiotic. Now this might not be indicated for everyone, but it does contain, like you're gonna be able to give your body all of the good strains um, through a probiotic. You can do this naturally with some fermented foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, um, but you can also take an oral probiotic. But again, if you have like too much gut bacteria or a condition called SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, like yeah. a probiotic is not something you want to do. So always check with your physician first. Yeah. Um, digestive enzymes are also a good idea before meals. So that way you're making sure you're breaking down your foods accordingly so you can absorb them. And that's especially important for um, anyone that does not have a gallbladder. They don't have the ability to break down their foods and produce those um, enzymes that yeah. would be helpful for that. So they need enzyme support. Um, and then I'm going to stress the fiber again. I mean, that's the best way to, another way to get a, a good, healthy gut microbiome. And another thing you can add to your diet to help repair the gut is bone broth. Bone broth is awesome at repairing intestinal lining and also healing to the gut, reducing inflammation. And it gives you some really good nutrients and, um, immune support as well. Interesting. Yeah. I've never thought about bone broth. I do know people who consume bone broth and mm -hmm. swear by it. Um, but I know a lot of women, especially as they approach 50, my mom had her gallbladder removed years ago, but I know that's becoming more I don't know how common it's becoming, but it seems like the more women I talk to, the more of them are having their gallbladders removed. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess for those particular women, it's important to have those digestive enzymes and those outside factors and supplements to help 
with their, um, with their gut health and the processing because yep. of that procedure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, yeah. Um, I think that answers all my questions. I know you have to go, go soon. Um, yeah. so I definitely appreciate you coming on. Is there any, any tips or tricks or suggestions that you can offer, um, just women in general, as far as our, as our health, like some of the common themes you see as you, as you treat women that you can tell my audience and those listening? Yeah. Well, my best advice is you don't need to be sick to go to the doctor. And if you haven't had any lab work done in six months or a year, like go get your labs done. I don't know if 2020 has taught you anything, but that we should be taking our health seriously. And if you have zero idea what any of your insides look like, as far as blood work goes, <laughs> go get it tested. And a lot of chronic disease and you know the, the high risk population can be prevented if we know what's going on. And you don't necessarily have to be sick or have any symptoms to have something going on in your body. You could be super inflamed and not even know it. That's just how you feel you know, your whole, your whole life. You just feel this is the way you feel. So go get it checked out. Be the advocate for your own health. Don't settle for, I, you know, you're normal. Like that's another thing I hear all the time. It's like, well, I've been to this doctor and they checked my thyroid and they said it was normal. And I'm like, I bet you a hundred dollars. It's not normal. You are in that normal range, but are you thriving? Is it optimal? I highly doubt it. Um, so that's where working with, you know, naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor that looks at the whole body is so important. And even for the women that are transitioning, you know, perimenopause to menopause, like get your hormones checked. We can make the transition smooth and, you you know, not terrible, which a lot of women suffer with menopause and they shouldn't have to suffer. And it's due to hormone imbalance. And we can, we can help you balance them before you get to that point of, Oh crap, what's going on? I have hot flashes. I'm miserable. I'm angry. Like all of these things that you're like, I just wish I would have my period again. Like it was so much easier. So we don't have to suffer. You don't have to feel suboptimal. Like there is help. And if you know your body best and be the advocate for your own health. I love that advice. I've had other health professionals on here and we try to stress the same thing. You don't have to wait until something hurts or you're in pain to go see a doctor. I see a chiropractor monthly just for preventative care and to yeah. take care of the beating I put my body through throughout the month. So I definitely think it's so important to even see your primary care physician for those checkups. Mm-hmm. Um, don't wait until you have a cold or you're sick to go no. to the doctor. Um, so I absolutely love that advice. Um, if, if you have any social media or anything, um, I can just send it to me. I can drop it in the description block below so they can check out your practice. If they happen to be in the awesome. Arizona area, um, they can, yeah. they can check you out, maybe schedule, schedule a visit. If they happen to be in your neck of the woods. That would be great. Yeah. I'm very active on social media. I love it. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for coming out here and educating myself and my audience. And um, yeah, stay tuned for future episodes and have a happy and healthy day.